This is the South African Composers Archive. My next guest, you will know her for her work with groups such as the Ives Ensemble, Slagwerk Den Haag, Orchester Ereprijs, Residency Orchestre, Urknall Ensemble, New European Ensemble, Nordic Voices, the Odeon String Quartet, the Amatis Trius, Ensemble Modelo 62, and the Bozzini Quartet. Uh, you also know her for her works that have been included at festivals such as the Tivoli Fredenberg, the Unyazi Le uh, Electronic Music Festival, the New Music in Darbo Spring Festival at The Hague, Orchel Park in Amsterdam, Musikgebouw Eindhoven, and the Holland Festival. And uh, you also know her for the winner as the winner of the Dutch Piano Trio Composition Prize in 2016. 16 for her work essay portrait all the way from i think amsterdam is where i'm speaking to you uh via the hague, the, the hague right uh via skype uh, i'd like to welcome lisa morrison thank you for doing this uh, yeah thank you for having me Matthias. so let's start who or what inspired you to start a career in music Oof, um <laughs> I, I'm still actually evaluating <laughs> whether or not I should pursue a career in music, okay. to be honest. But um, I think I've been, I think I just kept myself busy with music most of my life since I was very small. I would kind of imitate what my sister was doing on piano in her lessons, and that's, I think, playing whatever I heard on the radio, whatever, was always um, what, what, what kept me busy most of the time. Right. Uh, so I, I realized I. If I develop my ear well enough, maybe at some point I can also write down and play what I what I hear, what I would like to hear. So you you a, come from a, you come from a musical family? No, they, none of them are musicians, but they're all fairly musical. Like my sister taught herself a few instruments. My father always played piano, also by ear. So I wouldn't. Rec it's not a musician family at all. Right. But, I mean, so I guess in some way, actually, sorry, uh, it's, it was nice to actually do music when my family didn't. So it was this kind of the thing that I had for myself. In yeah, some way. I mean, I, I've there've been a couple of people I've spoken to who haven't sort of don't have a, a musical family, as it were. And I've never actually asked anyone this, but like, how does one even sort of start that conversation with one's parents of like, hey, I'm gonna study music? I mean, I assume you'd been you were doing it at school. Yes. Yeah. yeah from from young age. Yeah. I, I, at some point, yeah, I was playing bits of piano. We had the the tiny next door gave piano lessons that you know to keep the kids busy, and right. I just kind of continued. At some point, you have to do a second instrument. I guess your parents just realize you have a liking in it or some sort of aptitude. I'm not sure. Right. But yeah, so I continued into high school, and I actually sang choir, which took up a lot of my time as well. And then at some point, I said, "No, well." I'm going to say something different. And even then, I had to, um, I finished my one degree and realized, no, I still, I should be doing music, I think. Oh, what, what did you study beforehand? Uh, okay, right. Actually. So, I mean, you definitely, you studied uh, music music formally. You studied composition straight away? Uh, no. In Salabash, you could only specialize from your second or even third year, I'm not even sure now. Yeah, third right. year, of course, it's a four-year degree. So I only specialized later. Um, and I didn't, yeah, I remember, no, I'm just going on a tangent, but uh, <laughs> I remember tangent. there was this moment yeah. when I started the degree where I said to the administrative person, I would like to study composition. And this person told me, completely tried to get me off the path and told me, yeah, I'm not so sure you need to be accepted. Do you think you can do it? I think it had something 
Well, anyway, right. uh, maybe she didn't quite believe that I could do it. I'm not sure, but this pushed me a little bit further in it's it like as well. A I woman decided, composer, oh, good God, heavens. I'm be a yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so from my third year, so I was about, I was slightly older, I think, then because of the first degree. Had you um, been composing as a, as a teenager or as a kid or anything like that beforehand? Or was it only once you were at university that you're like, I'd like to do this? Yeah, I only put you know, pen to paper, whatever, once I was formally studying it. Other than that, it was all um, improvised. And then at some point, actually, uh, I forgot to mention, when I was still in my BCom days, I was recruited to do a lot of theatre work with the drama department. Um, worked with this director who's now actually very acclaimed as a film director, Christian Ohrwachen. Mm. And he... He's actually brilliant, and he was very clear on what he wanted. So I had had to do a lot of composing, so to speak, on the spot, and I think that was quite helpful. But never wrote down so much. Right. I mean, you. So you studied uh, composition at Stellenbosch, and then you've also you you've proceeded subsequently. I can't couldn't quite figure out. You've finished now uh, at Den Den Haag. Yeah, I did. I finished my master's a year or two ago, and now I started studying again. Okay. Just to <laughs> keep busy, I'm doing a, a one-year course in sonology at the conservatory. Okay. Who yeah. Who were you? Were you with uh, you with Martin Pudding? Weren't you? I was. I yeah. was with Martin Pudding, and then well, I actually ended up studying with uh, having some lessons with everyone in the faculty in the end, and um, finished my master's with uh, Kalio Pitsupaki. Yeah. Greek composer and Mike Nass also a Dutch composer. What made you decide the the choice to go to Den Haag? I mean, it it's quite a. I mean, I guess I'm now about to answer the question. It like it is known for new music, but why specifically kind of heading there? Yeah, it, it was Hans Rosenson who obviously was is professor at Stellenbosch or was at the time, and then he gave this big scholarship. We started the scholarship. Uh, just when I was about to start my master's and said you should actually use the money to go abroad. And we spoke about going to Oslo, I think, right. and, and and The Hague, both obviously great institutions. And I don't know, I, I we studied a bit of Louis Andriessen, I think, and I loved him at that point right. very much. And I think it's obviously a good school. And the reasons I came here are different to the reasons I'm still here. But okay. Um, I think it was a good choice. What was the first time that someone came up to you and sort of commissioned you or approached you and said, hey, I want you to write something for me? I think my first commission would have been on by New Music SA a few years ago, 2016, I think, right. for the Unyazi Electronic Music Festival. Right. Yeah. That was the piece with like thunder sheets and stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was a thunder sheet piece, exactly. I tried something I in a... Well, I developed something in this workshop with the thunder sheets that I thought might work really well and with a lot of help from whoever was leading the workshop, it came into something. Uh, yeah, I made something from it, but with this commission, I tried to, to go further with it. But it, it's, a, it's a temperamental thing, I think. You need to test a lot of, you need to test the metals before a lot. So I'm not sure. I think it, it might have worked in rehearsal, maybe not so much in the performance, but right. it's something I'm still thinking about and trying to get the right version on the thunder sheets piece yeah. eventually, maybe.
so what I'd like to try and do, obviously, with this is is to give like quite a broad overview of uh, a composer's output. And one of the things I like asking is uh, an example of like an older piece of yours. And uh, you sent me the trio in five movements. Yeah, I immediately regret sending you that piece. Because you can I send me something it. else. You're welcome to send me something else. Okay, well, we, we can speak about that. The thing is, this piece is, is very old, and I think it's not so representative of musical composer now. Right. But it's, maybe it's interesting because it was recently performed at the Samra competition. Right. It was one of the submissions. And it's so old that it was the second time I submitted it for Samra. Right, so, right, right. And it was one of the first pieces I actually wrote with, with Hans. And I, I recycled and reorchestrated it into something for Piano Trio. And then it won this, uh, oh yeah, it also got retitled. Uh, it, it won this trio competition that you mentioned before right. here in Holland. So it's this piece that kind of keeps on coming back. I see. And I don't particularly love it, but so this I think this is essay something. This is essay uh, portraits. Uh, 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 oh. Where I started and where how my music has kind of transformed. Right, right, so right. Um, sorry, you were saying. No, sorry. So th this is uh, this was originally essay portrait and became trio and five movements. Yes. Right. I see. collaborations we had with them great ensemble it was a flute guitar string trio and a percussionist and i kind of reworked the piece for a recent performance in samra in johannesburg to that uh, to uh, Marta de Fries. i was lucky enough to have her play the marimba and other percussion parts and someone played in Bira. and it's it's kind of a the, the title seems quite jokey, of course, the Lolo, and, um, but it's kind of a sad piece and it has a lot of these supposedly like, 
works a lot with silence, I guess. Um, right. But it has this kind of groove that just never starts going. Right. <laughs> and that's how I built the piece. <laughs>
so speaking of, of building the piece, uh, how do you work? I, yeah, every time it's different, I guess, but it starts always with, you know, the instruments that I'm writing for. I really write just for, you know, just material and then orchestrate it. So it would start from the, from what the instruments give me, the sound and especially the, uh, the kind of vulnerabilities, I guess, of the instruments, try to find something that they, you know, they shouldn't be doing as players and try and get something out of that as a, as a sound, I would say. Right. Um, yeah, that very often starts a piece. Yeah. There was a, I, I was listening to your, your string quartet last night. Firstly, really, really cool piece. I don't know why you were so uh, hesitant to, to uh, show it or whatever, but um, really, really cool. And there, there was, one of the reasons why I wanted to see the score specifically is there's an effect that you've used in a couple of your works, which is that sort of like uh, stutter bow thing. And um, yeah, and I, I was really, really curious, like, to see how you notated it, because th- there was something I was working on recently where I was just like, I want to steal that effect, but how do you write it, kind of thing. Thank you. And I, yeah, the stature bow is one of the things. I don't know. Obviously, street players will tell you might tell might feel something different, but um, it's something you not supposed you learn not to do yes. as a player, right? To, yes. To kind of stutter or shake your bow. I just decided, well, if I'm better, I'm going to use it as much as possible. And I think it's really great. Um, I've done a few stutter pieces, but I have seen it in other pieces as well, and used differently. But it was just, you know, four players stuttering together and trying to find that little micro counterpoints or whatever. Yes. Um, So do you so do you sketch stuff out beforehand? Do you just sort of like leap into it? No, I sketch especially. I try and force myself to just you know get a structure, even though I never stick to it. But yeah, I do sketch things out, uh, bits of material. But I don't do that much by hand. I really do start writing into Sibelius quite soon, which is I don't know. Some say it's horrible, but I 
That's just the way I work. It, yeah. it, I, it's the only way I can work. I mean, I've done, I sketch every now and then, but it's usually, I've got like a, a big book of like uh, notation paper, uh, which has traveled mm. around with me like on several places, but it's usually <laughs> kind of like, I'm going camping now and that's the only time I bring it with. So there's a lot of kind of like clearly written under uh, under the influence of tabard and uh, uh, a fire somewhere kind of like, no, I've never used this like sounds, sounds too much like mosquitoes who uh, who or what would you consider to be sort of biggest influences of your style yeah that's very much at the moment i can answer that question you know it might change soon or it hasn't always been like this but there was one piece that i remember and now maybe i give too much away but it was one piece that i heard when i just arrived in the hague over recording and it's Jürg Frey, who's one of these, he's a Swiss composer and he forms part of this Wandelweiser collective. Right. And his second string quartet I found was incredible. And I don't know if you know him or his music and uh, I know, I've, I've heard some of his stuff before. Um, I wouldn't be able to tell you offhand what, possibly a string quartet. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. They're quite well known, yeah. And uh, incredible piece. And I think at that point I was still writing very much like this, the trio, you know, changing motifs very much, trying to develop a theme and so forth, um, constant changing material. And when I heard that piece, and it's just these extremely beautiful chords with a very well-researched kind of sound, these second harmonics in the strings. Yes. Beautiful. Um, and it can go on forever. If you have something that, that works, you really should milk it. And I think that made a big, um, big, big impact. Yeah. A lot of my pieces have kind of, Going along that path. Is there, out of out of curiosity, is there sort of an influence by, I think, of Andreessen, specifically, uh, I, I love his work, Detate. Um, mm. Has that sort of, uh, just from like, on the, from the outside, what I've heard of yours, has that sort of been an influence at all, or is that sort of coincidental? No, I think, yeah, possibly a bit coincidental because all the teachers, of course, at The Hague have studied with Louis. So you yes. would very often hear, yeah, Louis said this and this and this, and he would always go on about this. So indirectly, you would get some advice um, from Louis. Uh, and I, I do love his music as well. So perhaps not an obvious, like in color or an instrument choice, but in the idea of like the one idea piece that he also, you know, kind of pushed for. I definitely went into that direction, I would say. Have there, were there any sort of South African composers that have influenced you? Yeah, definitely. I, I Well, Kevin Volans, of course, is, you know, um, I had some lessons with him or a lesson with him in the, at the Sassram Composers Meeting, which right. is incredible. He's a really great teacher. You can see he had an amazing career and, and learned from amazing composers as well. And I had really great, helpful lessons from uh, Michael Blake right. while I was still in Salamosh. Yeah. I've had one masterclass with uh, with Kevin, and there was it, it's quite funny. I've still got it somewhere, but the masterclass ended quite quickly talking about musical things. But I've somewhere I've got a, a, a printed page of a violin sonata of mine where on the back he's drawn an, an elaborate map of London, explaining <laughs> to me sort of like if I wanted to uh, like focus on opera then this would be a good part of town to live and like because there's a subway or a train that goes from here to here so I've got this elaborate map drawn by Kevin on the score 
Uh, well, yeah. It's I mean, always good. It is one of those kind of like at the time going like what, but like thinking after it's like no, actually that that is quite like definitely good advice. <laughs> like yeah. you know, it, it all depends on like what you actually want to do with music, like where you live <laughs> and things like that. How how would you describe uh, your current style? Ugh. <laughs> Why do you ask this question? <laughs> no, um, so I like watching I... people suffer. No. <laughs> I think Claire said this is a this is a question for the musicologist, right? Yes, um, it definitely is. No, I, you know, it's it's a weird question. I think my career, if you can call it that, has been very short. But I could say something in the realm of longer, slightly longer form pieces. I'm not quite there yet. I don't think I've I've been milking my material quite enough. But um, and with. A focus on I, I do tend to focus on what the listener would kind of experience as well in terms of you know that well there's a lot of I mean, it's very, my pieces are tend to uh, my pieces tend to be quite soft as well and it plays with a little bit of the disorientation I would, can almost say of, of listeners there is some repetition but you don't know they start and end in completely different places yeah I guess that's not really a stylistic thing. I don't know how to answer this question. No, it's, it's, it's valid, very valid. I mean, the, the the whole thing of like the the very quiet kind of chordal, I suppose. Like, I I have gone through your SoundCloud several times of over the years. Like, I am a fan of of the work that you do. Like, I think there's also that guitar piece, that uh, guitar and clarinet piece. There was a concert where there was something of mine with it as well. Uh, it was the Clipdus uh, launch. launch, yeah. yeah. So, like, it's very beautiful, gentle kind of textures, and or I mean, even even something like the Stutterbow, there is a certain gentleness to it, but it creates this lovely kind of texture. I find. I don't know. Um, I'll I'll try not to fanboy too much. <laughs> no, I, I do definitely focus in on one thing and try to try to build a character from from it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean this in in the nicest way. Like, your stuff is really lovely to sort of like zone out to a little bit, or just to like switch off. I find. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> no. Some people have said you know meditative, or it's uh, good for installations or whatever. Um, yeah, I perfectly happy with that as well i mean it's it's what like to me i can hear the de- development in the music but it's supposed to be very much in the background and yes. it's very easy to zone out definitely it's funny like there there is certain sort of I guess one could call it like minimalist kind of music where I always think of it's that line from Monty Python and the quest for Holy Grail where you have God appears like get on with it but like I don't I don't get that from your stuff put it like that there's enough <laughs> happening there okay. where, where what still can kind of like you you're still absorbing it if that makes sense so I mean speaking of, of current works you sent me Staircase Wits uh, tell me a little bit about that piece so, yes, so we spoke about the, the Stutterbow pieces, and one of them I reorchestrated for <laughs> for the Lucerne Festival Alumni Ensemble, right. which I, I, I attended the festival last year as a composer, and yeah, we had instrumentation, but I just decided to use all the instruments that I can, and use the same sort of focus on vulnerable sounds or whatever from each instrument, right. and build up these chords. And it was a gamble, but, you know, whatever, I wanted to try it. And 
I think that it, it became a completely different piece with winds instead of strings. Yeah, so it has this very chordal, slow um, uh, form, as you... It's very it's easy to hear what I was trying to do, but in that, it kind of makes you listen, I hope, in a different way. It was very weird because this... I don't know if it, I mean, the festival obviously has a specific focus and I don't know what people expect to hear from a composer's concert, a new music concert in Slurin Festival, but there were children and they were very loud and then I thought, oh my God, this piece is so soft. And somehow, when the piece was performed, everyone was extremely sad. You could kind of feel the, everyone's trying to not move in their seats. Yeah. Um, to be as well, that's gonna, that's a nice effect, I think. I it, don't know. It, um, it's always funny, to like, get from it, like if you want to get someone's attention, it's rather like be quiet than yell at them. It it's it sort of like it it draws one in. I mean, I I was looking at uh, at the instrumentation yesterday, and it was just sort of like only then kind of really realizing it's like, oh, those are like all low range. It's all very low. Uh, timbres kind of thing and it, it just works so well um i was just sort of I, ha- I wasn't really aware of it while i was listening to it until like looking at it properly if that makes sense yeah it's uh, who knew the tuba is the, like the most gentle beautiful instrument actually especially if you <laughs> you know add a bit of voice amazing i i really liked working with these low winds to be honest never again a normal flute <laughs> <laughs> yeah no who, who who cares about normal flute uh <laughs>
How do you survive and or make a living as a composer? Um, yeah, this is also a tough question to, to answer vaguely enough. Uh, no, I, it, it, is, it is tough because, you know, I'm not living in my own home country, so, so getting a fixed salary is not an option at this point. Um, but I do a little bit, as of, you know, 1st of January, I have my, officially my business as freelance composer. So I have a few projects here and there, arranging and composing. But other than that, they're, you know, it's a slow process. So I do other bits of non-music related work, you know, like right. every uh, graduate of the conservatory with a master's, you know, bits of childcare, bits of, yeah. Right. It is anything to, you know, kind of pay the rent, I guess, at least for now. It's a very slow process. I do believe that I could make a living from only music at some point, I hope. Yeah. That it's it's difficult i mean uh, like I, I was messaging yesterday saying like you can see with what enthusiasm i'm running towards having to arrange mikasa it, it's it's just like i don't necessarily like listening to this stuff but you know you man's gotta eat uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> so i mean what what is definitely clear from what i was saying beforehand you've had your music done at a lot of festivals um, of these various festivals or, or any of the performances of stuff of yours, what is your favorite uh, concert memory, be it like the rehearsal process or anything like that? Yeah, I think this, I had this workshop in Montreal last year, and this is something that I remember for the rest of my life, firstly because I, you know, it was a great um, ensemble to work with, it was a great honor to be chosen, etc., etc. But because these people have they have energy that I've never seen before. It was such a luxurious situation. Something like two hours with the ensemble for a week. Right. Uh, sorry, this was in the Bozzini Quartet. And oh, the Bozzini. I, yeah. Bozzini <laughs> I think I called Quartet. it Bozzini yeah, earlier, it's which Canadian is... Uh, I, I'm just used to it because I had a, a cat called Nutsi, N-U-Z-Z-I. It's just like, it's got to be pronounced like that. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so... It, Anyway, so the workshop the week was was amazing, but you know, I at that point, you know, you kind of compose little bits here and there. And I just saw, oh, these musicians really do put in fourteen hours a day just to play my little piece, and I I'm sure I don't compose fourteen hours a day as I should. <laughs> so anyway, so that was very memorable. This absolute generosity of these musicians, and we had a performance at the end in this chapel, and it was it was really nice. So yeah, this was the the string quartet that you were talking about. Right. Same thing. I think that was one of the more memorable things, at least for me as a as a composer. What would you consider to be a favorite piece of yours? I think uh, I, I have this piece for oboe and accordion, or, or four oboes, but I then I sampled I sampled one, of course. I made this sort of acousmatic piece for coincidentally this this installation concert. Which is very weird. It's not really what I've been doing up until that point, and I just kind of recorded two people and put together because I think I like it so much because the method of making the piece was different for me at that point, right. and it ended up being something that I listened to very often and started liking it a lot more. So extremely simple piece, and I, I'm open to actually get a live recording of it at some point if I ever get two accordionists and four specialized oboes organized right i would like to 
How, you said it was different putting it together. I, how how was it different from putting other stuff together? Oh, because I never wrote notes on paper for it. I see. Um, I recorded some samples and just played around in a DAW until I got what right. I I really composed like that.
What, what is interesting, um, and I might be wrong, have you done this with a couple of pieces that you've used accordion, or is it just this one? Um, no, I used, I might have used it before um, in an ensemble piece, also accordion. Oh, and yeah, and there's a, there's a newer piece with cello and accordion as well. The, the Dutch are big on accordion, <laughs> so you get it in a lot of, um, a lot of ensembles here. It's, you know, it, it's funny, like, I mean, my dad is an accordion player. This is his first instrument. And, like, I've, not until there, as I said, like, you know, going to your SoundCloud page a while back, 
it's not until that where I've kind of like, hey, that's actually like a, a very usable instrument. <laughs> it's just like, maybe I shouldn't tell my dad that thought. <laughs> kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess you play it. You do play it. It's like, I think I have one in the lounge somewhere. <laughs> but anyway. No, it's an amazing instrument. You have the biggest range. You have, well, I, it must be difficult to play, though. I would say, right. why don't you play it yourself? But it does, it does seem like quite a workout. <laughs> I mean, even just from like a, an extended technique or does one even call it an extended technique of just using the bellows and stuff like that? It, it is such an effective like instrument. There's a lot that you can yeah. do. Um, like a, po- a pocket organ, I guess, you know, it's that same. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's and it's kind of um, pans itself all over. And I think it's really this pretty cool ways to use it. Yeah. Outside of uh, cafe music or something. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. What is the uh, the best advice that you've ever received from a teacher or a mentor? There was one teacher. I only had one lesson with him, and I but I admire his stuff very much. And he told me to um, unleash your inner idiot, and I still okay. kind of remember this, or at least this is the wording he used. Let me just say, and I think that's really helpful because I often you, it's easy for me to get stuck and think. Okay, let me. I have to stop. I have to stop my idea if I don't know how to do it. And what's nice now, being in a sonology department or being part of a school again, that you that you know there are a lot of people who can help you realize some things as well. If I don't have the technical know-how, so as I, I think that's that's very helpful for me at least at this point, is to actually ask for help when I get stuck in a piece or when I want to have something realized. Oh, and and definitely another one that's written few times in a notebook is uh, Kevin Rollins who spoke about I guess Morton Feldman say so this is now he said he said but um, and I think Feldman said Matisse said even that a meter of blue is uh, bluer than blue so using you know one idea more and more might deepen or might convince the listener more or um, and I, I really like that that image that's yeah. I, it, it's a lovely way. I suppose it's the, the less is more idea. Um, but it's a lovely way of, of describing it. Just that kind of that repetition. Like it. It's something that uh, from my own writing, I've I've tried. Sort of the more I write, that idea of just like I want to stretch out one idea as as much as possible. Um, to the point where like there there was uh like. I'd bring stuff to my dad to look at when I was a student or whatever. And there would be several moments where he'd be like, fuck, this is annoying. Like, just like, you know, get on with it or whatever. But like, but think of like, okay, I, I've clearly hit that point where for him, it, it's, it's too much. But for me, I think I can still go further. So yeah, but it, that, it's, it's a lovely way of kind of describing uh, I, what you do, I suppose. Yes, and I think it's, it really has to do with I have to show that I know my ideas all right um, instead of, yes, when I was younger and I would, like with the trio or a very early piece, you know, you would just lash out ideas and just yeah. throw out the the themes or the, the darlings and things that I want to hear, but just throw them out one by one. And that seems like I'm not really know, I don't really know what I'm doing. So <laughs> hopefully I'm, I'm moving into a direction that... But it seems that I am more convinced of my own ideas. Right. So that's what it's about. I, I think it, it is that. It, I think it definitely shows. Like, it, it does take a, le- a level of, uh, I suppose, compositional confidence to kind of go like, no, no, like, everyone just relax. Like, this, yeah. I'm, I'm in control of the situation. You will listen to this if you yeah. <laughs> no, for 20 exactly. minutes. <laughs> 
So what would you suggest to uh, an aspiring composer or to the new music scene in South Africa in general? Yeah, I probably sh- I don't want to speak from like uh, I know a lot point of view. I, I haven't been doing this for a long time, but and you know I hate this idea that I'm sitting here in Europe and I should. I think people all over the world and in South Africa are doing like much more interesting things. But um, to an aspiring composer, maybe just to I think a few people have said this, about, but to write for your friends write little bits and pieces, put things together, improvise, you know, go the Steve Reich way of, you know, just jamming and see what comes out, right? Um, I think, you know, you have, we all have a little community of uh, musicians, right? And make use of them instead of applying to the big competitions that will give you big bucks. Um, I th- I'm getting so annoyed with, um, these big competitions that require you to write this new piece for a very specific instrumentation or based on a very specific text and people kind of look to compose a site for the answers and for a career and I think that's it's very unlikely. The world of composers is so big and it can get just disheartening if you if you keep on going to compose a site and hoping something happens from it. I think no. it just has to start with your own community. So what I, I like doing at the end is I have, if people are listening to this, if they have questions that they want to ask a composer or any composer, um, that you can either send them to me on Facebook or on Instagram, and you can like all my lovely cat pictures, um, and uh, or you can contact me on Twitter at BatComposer. Um, and I had a couple of, uh, I, I do a shout out on Facebook every now and then, and uh, someone uh, asked this, so I, you've kind of answered it, but I, I think we can ask it anyway, which is how difficult is it to compose virtuosically for an instrument other than your own and still create a communicative piece of music at the same time? Which I think if I translate that into English, it's what's it like writing for other instruments you don't play, basically, I think. Okay. <laughs> because the communicative piece of music anyway um, how do I compose yeah that is difficult because for obvious reasons but also to go beyond the kind of what Samuel Adler or whoever wrote in orchestration books you know you can get to know the instrument very well but you you have to kind of go beyond that at least today and at least for me to find it satisfying to go beyond what is um, idiomatic for the instrument. I would say, this is also connecting with, you know, advice for aspiring composers and yes. for myself, is to get hold of instruments or get hold of people who play the instruments and kind of mess around with them if you can and try and, you know, I, I think that's, or rent an instrument if you can, um, I think that is always the first step into getting getting to know the flaws and so forth or getting to find a cool, sorry, I'm rolling my eyes at myself for saying this, but a cool sound to work from. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's a, that's a good approach. Yeah. Is that, I, was that the question? Yeah, what? kind of. It, How it is do you that, compose? Yeah. No, it, it is that thing of like, I mean, what you were saying earlier about like you're in an idiot where it's just that thing of like, you know, actually communicating with the players, for one. Like, you know, uh, uh, you know, not being afraid to ask those questions. I mean, I do find, like, uh, some in some uh, circles or classical music circles, 
There are quite... I, I understand that it is a little bit like of a desk job, say, as an example, with, like, an orchestra, that if you come along with something that isn't, like, 100%, like, realized and perfectly kind of, you know, figured out, they can... You can sometimes get that animosity of, like, you know, heavy eye-rolling going from people in, in the ensemble. Um, so it, it is, I suppose, the, the tricky thing of, like still being able to have the confidence to go like i don't know can tell me or explain preferably before you get to the the, the rehearsal room but yeah. at, at the same time like i i am a strong believer of like you know it's the piece is not finished until like you know the, there's the, the the downbeat so to speak so like rehearsals if, if you're not happy you can change things you can move things around you know sometimes uh, it doesn't quite sound as it did in your head um yeah. No, definitely. And I also think that, you know, we become, or composers often are obsessed also with how it looks on the score. It looks like you know exactly what you're doing as a composer. Meanwhile, if you stand behind the stand, it might be, I think it's visible to players that the composer didn't know or doesn't know the instrument, right? So um, if you just take the instrument yourself as a composer, I think you will have a very good idea of the amount of information that's really necessary or how little, how much. It is, yeah, I I think to, to put yourself in different shoes yes. as a composer is very helpful I think of the, one of the very first uh, orchestration jobs that I did was for uh, a piece called the Anne Frank Cantata uh, someone else wrote it and I, I just ended up sort of putting it on the page for him and yeah. there was this thing of it was sort of the first time that I properly worked with woodwind players and I remember one of the overs sort of pulling me aside and going like look what you've written is is very like it, it it works and it's fine but it would really really be nice in like a 40 minute work that there's somewhere where i can breathe <laughs> it's <just laughs> like oh shit like you know as a string player going like i don't understand what's the problem i can yeah. play for hours and breathe absolutely fine like so yeah no it, it is that be that uh, just every now and then it's it's not a bad idea to listen i suppose to a performer but most of the time they don't know what they're talking about um no i'm kidding uh <laughs> if people wanted to uh, follow upcoming concerts and things like that, how best would they be able to do that? Do you have anything coming up you'd like to punt? Um, at the moment, no. I have a longer-term project that I'm going to work on now. Um, but I do have a website they can check out, but I will uh, I will keep everyone updated on there. It's lisamorrison.com and, or my Facebook, of course. Right. Also, my name is Lisa Morrison, so I'm easy to find. Um yeah, that's there's nothing particular. There's a there's a concert only in May at the Barrow New Music like concert series in in London. I know there are some friends of mine there. Yeah, other than that, I'll I'll, I'll update on the website.
Come on. 